This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. No one succeeds alone. Yet, would it surprise you if we said that most people try to? Think about it in your life. Do you set goals every year? Do you ask yourself, what do I want to do differently? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want my business to look like? My finances, my health, any area of your life. Do you ask the question, who are the people in my life that directly contribute to whether or not I achieve my goal? Whether that be a significant other, a business partner, a team, your boss, your friends. One of the biggest mistakes we see people making is that they set goals by themselves and then they struggle throughout the year because the people that are in their life that are required to buy into their goals to be successful aren't actually on the same page. Have you ever found yourself not being on the same page with your significant other or with a boss, a partner, a colleague? It's hard, right? This is why last year, Jay Papazan and I created the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat. For over a decade prior to last year, Jay and his wife, Wendy, every year, took a night away from the kids, got a hotel somewhere, and sat down with one purpose, to co-author their goals together, to ensure that they were on the same page, and not to negotiate for whose goal was right, to understand what the other person's goals were, and to ask how they could support one another. Today's episode is going to be diving into a story of a couple that did their own goal-setting retreat. One of them is your consummate goal-setter. He showed up last year for the event. He went through the process. And then we're diving into the perspective of his wife, what it was like being a person who, sure, has clarity on what she wants out of her career, yet wasn't the same hungry goal-setter that her husband was what those conversations looked like, the changes that happened over the last year and what they're doing differently for this upcoming year that they've never done before. For those of you that would like to learn more about what it looks like to go on your own couples goal setting retreat, whether that be with a significant other, a business partner, your team, go to theonething.com slash event. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash event, and you can learn about the retreat that we are hosting here in Austin this year. With that, let's get into this conversation with Jake and Alex Dreyfus. Before we dive into each of your experience over the last year, I'm curious, what was your family like growing up? Were they super ambitious? Did they teach you to be goal setters and students of personal development or not so much? Yeah, I, can, I remember growing up and watching my parents work really hard. My, my mother was a teacher in the Philadelphia school system. Father was an architect um, going through you know, a really tough economical time and actually ended up ironically being a real estate agent towards the end of his life. And while our conversations were about the importance of being a hard worker and following through, they weren't necessarily, though, about dreaming and goal setting. It was more like, follow this path, be consistent, things will work out. We weren't necessarily stretching our brains to the the larger possibilities of what's out there. Why was that? Looking back, I mean, my my assumption would be that my parents were basically the 
the first generation out from a Holocaust surviving family. My grandfather survived the Holocaust um, as well as my grandmother. And so they were had kind of a, they were used to somewhat of a scarcity mindset. And then it makes total sense. You know, one moment in time, you think your life is proceeding in normal direction. The next, you have to pack up and run to a new country where you don't even speak the language. So the notion of dreaming and planning um, and goal setting wasn't really part of that conversation. It's more go to a place where you can be safe and, and live, a, live a nice life. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But the conversations were not necessarily about expanding our minds and, and dreaming. Mm-hmm. So growing up for you, Jake, you weren't exactly a goal setter or a student of personal development. No, I think I focused on just like my parents taught me, being a good person and doing quote unquote the right thing and following the, the path that's fairly typical in our country, going through school and going to college and getting a, a job that's safe and secure, but not a lot of conversation around personal development or, or getting outside of our comfort zone at all. Other than maybe trying some vegetables we didn't like. Yeah. Something, <clears throat> changed, something changed though, because you fast forward to today, you are very driven. You are the goal setter. You're a student of personal development. Take us back to that moment. Well, in looking back at it kind of as the Monday morning quarterback, it's also the time in my life where, and look, I've been fortunate. I, I still am incredibly close with a lot of the, the, the folks I grew up with and even their parents, a very strong upbringing in a Philadelphia suburb. And at that moment where I started becoming a goal setter, started realizing all these things, it was when I started surrounding myself with people that were things that I had read before, were speaking a different language than I had spoken before, were, were dreaming and setting goals that were larger than I even thought possible. And they were making those, creating those dreams and thinking about those dreams without even fear of them being too big. They're going to make a plan. And so basically the people changed that, that were in my life. They, more and more were at it. Hmm. You changed who you surrounded yourself with and you ended up changing as a result. Yes, sir. How about you, Alex? So my upbringing was very successful parents father who had known from a very early age that he wanted to be a doctor and was a doctor, went to medical school and continues, you know, to be in the medical profession. Passion, drive, you know, just eye on the prize. And that's really the only thing that he loves and did. Uh, A mom, very strong-willed, who was a lawyer, worked her way through law school, paid through law school, definitely took time out of her life to raise us, but always also was very driven and determined. So I kind of came from a background where two very successful parents, the idea though that you kind of... It felt like... I don't necessarily know that they express that this had to be our path. But I think the pressure was our path was you find something and that's just your path, right? My mom was in law. You're always in law. My dad was in medicine. You were always in medicine. And so I kind of always kind of felt like, what is my path? And I've always had a very strong drive to be successful and a very strong work ethic um, based upon watching my father. But I don't think it was like dream big, right? I mean, you could do, of course, you're a girl, you can do whatever you want to do, honey. But it wasn't like, you're going to set these lofty goals and you know, you're know you going to be president and what do you need to do to be president? Here's all the things you need to execute, right? right. So I definitely was not a goal setter in the form that what I've learned goal setting to be from my wonderful husband over the past year. So, so Jake, <laughs> let's let's come back up to a year ago, where you joined us for the goal setting retreat, and 
Was that something that you wanted to do with Alex or what, what happened there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see how he answers this. Okay, go. Sorry. So she, she's laughing because she knows the answer to the question for me is going to be yes. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely wanted her to be there. And frankly, though, I didn't have the skill set yet to explain why it was going to be so important for us as a couple. And, and I'm glad that I decided to go anyway, because to be frank, like I said, from my upbringing, wasn't really quite sure what a goal setting retreat would be. But within the first two minutes of it, when Jay and Wendy were nice enough to get up and share their story about why they do it and what the goal is for them of doing the goal setting retreats, it all became clear. And I'm sure at that moment, I probably texted Alex and said, I wish you were here. You got to do this with me next week. He did. Um, he did. And, and, and even at that point, he didn't even know what it was. And so, you know, it's one of those things that I had to experience myself and come home and just execute it on my own. And I realized that it wasn't something that you can, I could force someone else to want to do. I would have to come back, make the changes that I wanted in my life, in my life, in my relationship, in my professional career. And then with just the, with the notion that by doing so, good things will happen. And so very fortunate that, that this year, Alex will be coming. We actually bought our flights last night. Nice. And she'll be coming this year. So we're, we're pumped. What has your rhythm for goal setting looked like up until this point? Well, before, before I came to the retreat, I was aimless, yet I was achieving random successes, I think is the best way to put it. My resume looked good. It, it could tell a good story, but it was all random. It was taking the next opportunity and just, oh, this, this is interesting. I'll do that. But it was aimless. What I realized I was looking for, although I probably couldn't have explained to you at the moment, was direction and help and strategy and frankly, also just belonging. I just had this feeling in my stomach that I just needed to plug into a community. I was looking for all those things, yet I couldn't describe it. And when the opportunity came across, I just said yes. And I'm very grateful that I did. Mm. Alex, give me your perspective of every year rolls around and here comes your husband with brand new goals, new shiny objects. What does that look like? I mean, you need to understand a little bit about our history when he says like he's he's always done things and been successful, but it was kind of all over the place. I mean, I, you know, I the background is is I worked for a company for nine years, had worked my way up. He had done real estate. He had started a technology company, all exceptionally successful. Got an opportunity. We moved to California. Got an opportunity, like shout out to Noah Ostras here, best salesperson ever, moved us from San Francisco, beautiful weather, back to the East Coast. But it was kind of all over the place. And so, I mean, to be honest, when he's like, I'm going on this goal setting treat, I was like, great, I'm going to go out with my girlfriends, have fun. You know, like I didn't really, I didn't really put much thought into it, to be honest. And he did text me numerous times about it being incredible and, when he came back, you know, we have to, we have to sit down and we have to do this. And I mean, I'm a very stubborn person to begin with. So when someone tells me I have to do something, I'm probably going to not listen no matter what, because I didn't come up with the idea. And I'm also exceptionally career driven myself, not work, but I, there's a path in my career that I want. And so it was also, well, you can do this, but I know the path I want and I know how to get there. Mm. So I'll never forget, you know, we we you know, we have two kids at the time, two and three, married for six years, moved cross country a couple of times, you know. It's really easy to kind of lose sight 
stay in your path, but not really dream and have goals. And I don't think I understood that until looking back to where we are and seeing where he's come from then. And he's like, we're going to sit down and do this. He's like, you know, December, we always go away. And he's like, you and I are going to go away one night and it's not going to be easy. And we're going to sit down. And I went in very standoffish and I was shocked partly by his just drive, a drive that I've kind of had never seen before in him and knowing him, he's very driven, but there was this, as he said, like direction and clear direction. And and he gets this look in his eye that this is what I'm going to do. And then also how much we weren't on the same page. (laughs) Well, let's go there. Let's go there. Where, because we watch this happen all the time. No one succeeds alone, yet most people try to. They set, you have a vision for your career, Alex. Jake, I know you've got a vision for what you want out of your career. You probably both have a vision for what you want out of your marriage together. And yet, were those visions co-authored together? Oh, God, no. 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 And here's evidence that we knew, we knew, and this is probably the first time we're admitting this out loud, by the way, but here's evidence that we knew we weren't. When we were first engaged and we were getting married, we were approached by a TV, a national TV network about doing a show where they would follow us getting married. And then for the year after, for all the big decisions that occurred. And while we were both extremely excited, the opportunity to be part of something like that, we ended up turning it down without much conversation. But I think deep down, we both knew that we weren't in a place where our marriage would be able to survive that because we weren't communicating at a high enough level yet. Mm-hmm. I think if we're really being honest, we look back at that opportunity. I don't know, Al, if you agree, but I think that's, that's one of those reasons we turned it down. Yeah. I mean, I think he, one of the reasons that always attracted to each other, we were attracted to each other was our drive and our independence and, you know, that, but that, you got to be careful in situations like that because it's kind of like you can't, you only have your train and you're only looking down those tracks, your tracks, you know, you're, you're not necessarily going to end up in the same place. What were some of the things that when you finally got a night away from the kids, you sat down together with the purpose of really co-authoring goals together? What did you dis- discover that you were not on the same page about that maybe you thought you were on the same page about? Well, when she talks about being standoffish, I was also being standoffish too, right? I was being, it was, I was being hypocritical. So on one hand, so I'm actually holding my, our business plan now that I carry around. And one of the things we agreed on was like a net income number. And I would push her to dream big about the number and say, well, why not? It's just, it's just a number. We can make the plan to get there. Um, but then I wouldn't, when she was talking about well, how are we actually going to do it, I didn't want to go in. I was, in that moment, I would push back. Well, well we can figure out that, that. We can figure that out later. This is about dreaming. I don't even know how, I, I don't even have the skill yet to dream. I'm still working on figuring that out. So those, that's just an example of one of the back and forth. It was like, I was, I was being hypocritical. I was saying, well, we need to dream, but I wasn't willing to break it down in that moment, which I think is part of the purpose of a, a goal-setting retreat or conversation between two partners is actually take, that's the purpose of the time is to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing. And maybe it's because I was scared or, Maybe deep down, I was in, you know, I wasn't sure we could actually get there. Um, but that's one that stands out to me. How about you, Alex? Oh, mine is even more but like, where are we going to live? How many kids are we going to have? I know that like, it sounds so basic, but you know, like I said, we were nomads. We moved nine times over the course of two years, two and a half years. I mean, think about that. That's what? insane, right? I literally, everyone who's listening, I deserve a medal because I always said, okay, <laughs> I do. And 
One of the reasons why I said okay was because I always thought there was something bigger and I, you know, you believe in the person, we believe in each other and it's like, okay, you have one life to live, let's do this. But there has to also be a point to say, where are we going, right? Like, where are we ending up? And and I, I think actually one of the things is, is the idea of settling very much scares me. And, you know, being on the same page of like, okay, like, okay, like, are we going to be in the city? Are we going to be in the suburbs? How many kids are we going to have? We had kids, we have two little girls and they're incredible, but exceptionally close together. And like, will we have more? I mean, honestly, just basic foundation questions to a marriage. We kind of always like skirted around the issue. Maybe there was like a bottle of wine and we kind of agreed and the next morning then we wouldn't talk about it. But I'll never, like we had to sit face to face and have some, you know, put your cards on the table. And that was hard. I mean, I was pretty shaken up after that night just because it was all out there, which I think is you're vulnerable. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm the worst, I'm the least vulnerable person. I don't like being vulnerable. And I think by goal setting you, you open yourself up to a vulnerability in a way that you never Mm. knew you had to be in order to grow. What has surprised you? over the last year as a result of the two of you sitting down and having this conversation? I can go first because I think I'm probably okay. like more surprised by it all because I was so negative. Neg- maybe negative is the word. I just maybe just blew it off. There's, the, there's, there's, two, there's three results. One is watching him, one is watching me, and one is watching us together, right? So mm. watching him, he's like a different person. I mean, I can't... I think anyone that knows him well will see that. And what's really fascinating about it is I think it's his evolution as a person that made me start to be like, okay, maybe you have to start drinking this juice, right? Like I'm seeing the results here, even on an individual level, not even about our marriage. Like maybe I should start doing some of these things called writing down my goals, right? Give Give me some specifics. Oh, you know, I think one of the things that I always struggled with him was like, to his point is he would say stuff and I'm like, how, when, you know, he, he once, he once called me, I'm like a dog, right? So he walks in the door and I hear the keys jingle. And I'm like, well, how was your day? And what'd you do? And blah, blah, blah. And to a, to a lesser extent, it was the same, you know, we're going to do whatever we want one day and it doesn't matter where we live. And, and I don't have to be, and I'm like, well, how, why, you know? All of these things, and to his point, there was just no answers. And now he is literally like, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to do this. And like, check. It is literally watching a drill sergeant go down. But the further he goes down, the more confidence he gets. And the more confidence he gets, the more successful and the bigger his goals are. And you start to kind of see it like it's happening quicker and quicker and quicker. And he's affecting so many more people and influencing so many more people. And I don't necessarily know if he sees it as much from the outside. I don't want to say he's a different person because that's not fair to the quote unquote person he was before. But there's definitely this sense of confidence and drive that was not there before. The one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Notice that it doesn't say the surprisingly easy truth. Everything that Jake and Alex are talking about in this episode, the struggles that they had came from the fact that it wasn't really clearly laid out for them. How do you actually go about co-authoring a vision for your life together? 
this is part of the reason that this this couple's goal setting retreat has taken off the way that it has. For the first time, you have the ability to sit in the room with people from all walks of life, across industries, income levels, some married, some not, some they're solo with significant others, with their teams. It doesn't matter. Everybody's there because there's something they, they want out of life and they want to get clarity on how they can make it happen. That's what happens in this room. Over a day and a half, we walk you through the simple process you can follow to get on the same page with the people that matter most to you. If you'd like to learn more, go to theonething.com slash event. That's theonething.com slash event with the number one in the URL. Uh, Tickets are selling fairly quickly for this one. It is a very high demand event. It's our flagship event we do every single year. So please go there. And if tickets are no longer available, You'll probably see information on how you can get on the wait list for the upcoming year. But we really do hope that Jay and I have the chance to invest a day and a half with you and the people that matter most so you can get clarity on what you want your life to look like together and have a tangible plan to make it happen. Go to theonething.com slash event and we hope to see you in Austin. What I'm hearing you say is that as somebody who does have a, a role that requires him to be a big thinker, it's easy to be stuck at a hundred thousand foot level. This is where we're going, honey. This is what we're gonna have. Totally. Someday. And you, what I'm hearing, Alex, is is you want to know, great, how are we gonna get there? And the old version of Jake would say, Don't worry about that. We'll get there. Yet then, like yeah. so many of us, we just move through our days checking email and sitting in meetings and being distracted. And the new version I'm hearing has clarity on what he wants. And then there's an actual specific measurable, actionable plan that he can do, that he is doing, and the results are showing up. Exactly. Jake, how, yeah. how has, what have you seen shift in terms of your relationship with Alex? There's, there's irony to what I'm about to say is that, you know, for a long time in our marriage, what well, we're coming up on seven years now in a couple of weeks, actually. And for a long time, I feel like we were, negotiating for whose goal was going to win, if that makes sense. Oh, this time will be yours. Next time will be mine. And the ironic thing about the goal setting retreat is the, the, in the first two minutes when Jay and Wendy were sharing, the reason that they go away on these goal setting retreats is not to negotiate to share the same goal, but rather to understand their partner's goal. Right? The example Wendy gave was she's like, I didn't want a ranch. Jay wants a ranch. I love Jay. Therefore, I want to support him in his goal. Simple as that, right? And bringing that back to our story, the moment that we stopped coming out of, off of this retreat and, and when I actually was working on the skill of dreaming and goal setting, when I started just to seek to understand what her goals were, the ironic part is we realized that our goals are so very similar and they do intertwine. And so that's been beautiful. Like we're, we have a be- I have a better understanding of her goals now. I feel like we're no longer negotiating to see who's win, if that makes sense. So for you, what I heard you say is that you came in with this understanding that when you sat down with your goals, you had your goals, she had hers, and you had to negotiate for what was going to take priority. And now you have the understanding that it's not about whose goal wins. It's about having clarity into what the other person wants and asking, how do I support them? True. And to be clear, I also wasn't even aware, and this is going to sound maybe obvious to the people listening, but that you could plan a goal-setting retreat with your significant other, your life partner, your business partner, 
And it's okay to go and sit down and talk about your one-year goals, your someday goals, your spiritual goals, your sexual goals, your financial goals. It seems obvious. Yeah, you should do that. But I wasn't modeling that behavior because I wasn't see, I hadn't seen it before. I wasn't exposed to it. And it almost seemed, maybe at first blush, it even seemed taboo. Like, oh, well, you don't talk about that. You just kind of, you got married. You, you, you like each other. You like the general direction and you'll just kind of work out like, like a commercial, you know? But I'm so glad for the, for this retreat because it enabled me to model our behavior, mm. model behavior after people that I, that I look up to um, that have also that are, have become really skilled dreamers and goal centers. You mentioned the idea of not just doing this for your significant other, but whether it's a business partner or a team, uh, you have a business partner. Yeah. What's, cha- what's changed there over the last year? Well, for, for us, he's, I think he's been a little taken back because for a long time, since he was a little bit more of the aggressive personality, his goals would railroad mine. And it wasn't like we were negotiating. His, just, his were, were larger and seemingly more powerful. So his would magically always bubble to the top. And, and, to give, and, to give, to that. and to give some clarity, he's the CEO and you're the COO. Well, I was, but interestingly, this past year I was promoted to CEO and oh! he stepped into his seventh level ether or whatever that is, and he's now building all these other companies. And yet when we come back to discuss the business, this is still his this is still his baby, right? This is where it all started, this company. So we're our relationship is not as yet mature as my seven year marriage with my wife. So we're still in that phase where we're, at least for the beginning part of the year, still negotiating on whose goal is gonna win. And for a long time, the lack of clarity in our business was directly related to the fact that the business was half his goal and half mine. And so, of course, it's going to be confusing to our kids. They have no idea where we're going. We just kidnapped a bunch of them. And, and they're, you know, if daddy's home or if mommy's home, they're hearing different messages. So our relationship is starting to mature. I am now more confident in my ability to state a goal and then have a plan to back it up. Mm. So over time, you'll see... One- my, the, the, go ahead, Dal. No, I just think one thing to add is, is like, well, you guys don't have a seven-year marriage. You guys have known each other for 35 years, you know? I mean, it's not... I think what's interesting for, for people uh, to understand is it's, it's not how long you've known someone, right? It's not like you've known me longer than your business partner. You, I mean, you he was your college roommate. You guys knew each other in grade school. And I think that's a testament to really relationships and goals and understanding people. It's not about how long, it's how you communicate. Hmm. Yeah. Well, in episode 154, Susan Scott said, uh, the conversation is the relationship. You want to know yeah. the value of your relationship? Just go look at the quality of your conversation. And I think when we look at the relationships that are most important to us getting what we want out of life, and we ask the question, where do we naturally hide with people? Where am I hiding with my significant other? Where am I hiding with my business partner? Where am I hiding with my boss, my team, my friends? It's a reflection of the relationship. Now that the two of you are gearing up for your next goal setting retreat as a couple, what are the things that you look back that you did last year that you're going, oh, no, no, no. We're not doing that again. That was a mistake. Well, do not plan your first Goal setting retreat while sitting at the bar of a Chinese restaurant on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is just, true. Just put it out there. Put it out there. Oh, did you go see a movie too? <laughs> no. No, my, I was too high strung afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it was not. Look, so, you know, Jay, Jay and Wendy warned us it's not going to be easy. And you know what? They're right. But lesson learned do it in a place that's quiet and comfortable where you can also 
when you're having those uncomfortable conversations, be able to to express the emotion in whatever way you feel appropriate that I'm not while sitting at the bar of a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what do you say to the people who are listening to this who are not the quote goal setters, who might be a little anxious about the idea of sitting down and having these types of conversations? I'm like smiling right now because I know Jake is like hanging on whatever word I say here, trying not to say I told you so. Um, and he relinquish control and take away the fear. I mean, for me, it was all about fear of failure or like the control that I was listening to someone else. If I did something, you know, what I was doing was wrong and it wasn't going to get me there. So I would say, just go with it. Like, what's the worst you could do? Like, what's the worst that happens? It can't get any worse. What happens if you get your goal? What happens if all of a sudden you realize that the goal you have is actually too small and that you're already there and you don't see it? So have a leap of faith, honestly, and just sit back and enjoy the ride because I think you will be so surprised it's going to change you on an individual level and it's going to completely transform your relationship. And again, I think um, it can seem like this big thing to digest. How do I set goals with the people that matter most to me? But Jake, I'm going back to what you said. You weren't actually a goal setter until you changed the people you surround yourself with. Because suddenly you, yeah. just, you surround yourself with those people and you're seeing it, you're seeing it being demonstrated. Yeah. And I think the reality is what you learn at the retreat is that you are by accident setting goals. What we don't, what I didn't yet have the skill to do is actually build the plan to achieve it. So it's, you know, half the conversation is about, hey, do you even remember how to dream? Because something our society forgets to teach our kids after they're two years old, you know? And also, hey, when you do have a dream, do you actually understand how to build a plan to get there? Because to Alex's point, you may have set a goal. But just because you're not tracking it, you have no idea that you actually have already achieved it, whether it be an income goal or a savings goal, you know, or something that's not as obvious. So it's, it's those two skills that work side by side that you learn at this retreat. And that's what's, that's what's been so powerful for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I think back to how I was taught to set goals, it was put it on a piece of paper with a pretty background, post it on a wall and never look at it again. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I step into Gary and Jay's world. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. That goal is a commitment. You're saying this really matters to me to the point that you're going to put a plan in place and you're going to get really clear about the activities. And on a weekly basis, when you do your 411, you're going to look at what your gap is. And if you fall behind, you change the activities and you make up the gap. And it's like, oh, that's pretty simple. Yet what most of us are lacking is the framework being handed to us. And for some cases, doing this on our own is still too much. You just need somebody else to do it, to walk you through it. Yeah, I will say, I think that was one of the pieces of this. When you walk into that room and you're, of course, judging everyone else that's in there, a couple hundred people sitting there like, oh, what's what's this guy? What's this gal's story? All different walks of life, ages, financial situations, I'm sure. And you realize that everyone in that room, when when you start asking the questions of how how do you dream, everyone's like, "Mm, I don't know. And so you you, you feel comfortable amongst that company um, to be able to share and grow with them. And, And when you do invite your partner, which is why I'm thrilled that Alex is joining me, you can only imagine what that will do for our relationship when we're actually in person experiencing that together, you know, yeah. with with, uh, with moderators who are professionals at that, not at a Chinese restaurant sitting at the bar. <laughs> Don't knock it. It was fine. People were coming off the slopes. We were definitely entertaining them as we started yeah. to raise our voices a little bit. 
<laughs> Alex, we know um, just from people calling us saying, hey, I would love to do this type of a retreat. And my significant other is not a goal setter. What do I say to them to get them on board? I think you can just say, do it for them. Don't worry about you. Because I, I think that's what this has all been for me this year. I, like, he did it. I let him, not that I let him do it, but right, like, he did it. I embraced it for him, not understanding the repercussions for me and for us. So I would say is, then don't do it for yourself. Do it for them. Do it for your marriage, right? And I think what trickles out of that is how much you get in return. And it's almost, I won't say it's more valued than his experience, but it's almost more eye-opening because you've converted, right? It's not that you're going in with these expectations. Like your expectations are blown away because you almost didn't believe in it to begin with. Hmm. Jake, how would you answer that? How would you encourage somebody who wants to enlist the buy-in of their significant other and they're just struggling how to? How do you put that into words? When I think about, I think that the best way to summarize it was done really well in the book, you know, The Compound Effect, when, you know, the author just discusses wanting to improve his marriage and starts writing a gratitude journal for his wife every day. Um, and by doing so, caused a change in how he showed up in the relationship and therefore the relationship took on a new life of its own. If your partner or spouse is unwilling or confused about what the benefits of doing this type of thing could be, then and if you still believe it's the right thing to do for yourself, proceed solo. Do the right thing. Keep working on yourself, getting more and more clear on what you want in life and relationship. And those things will, will come to you. And over time, your significant other, your spouse, your business partner will see the, those changes in you, um, may yearn for some of that themselves, or frankly, just want to see how the sausage was made. And wants to go and see you know, what what conversations were being had that, as a couple, they were incapable or unwilling to have on their own. Because sometimes a simple question that you, Jeff, may ask in that session might be the same question Alex might ask of me, but it'll, it may may hit me in a completely different way, you know. And so allow allow experts to enter that conversation. But but the advice there is, is clear: proceed on your own at first if it's the right thing to do, and then keep doing the right thing, and, and you'll get the results that you want. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that because I can just speak. I remember this is before I was in business with Gary and Jay. I was really struggling because I was on this massive personal growth rocket ship. I was surrounding myself with all of these mentors and completely changing my mindset. And my wife is just postpartum from our first child. She's elbows deep in diapers and she's not thinking about personal development. And uh, me being so driven, I now know that I was um, really trying to force a lot of it on her. And yep. a mentor of mine just said, dude, all you can do is be the best version of yourself and let your results pique her curiosity. And when I think back over the last five years, that's really been the consistent theme there. And so I would, I think both of you brought a lot of wisdom to the table. First and foremost, focus on what you can't control yourself. And I love what you said, Alex. Do it for them. Because the truth is, if it really matters to you, Will they do it? Will they go out on a limb to do it with you? Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see you guys in a few months and Alex to get to meet you in person. And I really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Jake and Alex Dreyfus. 
The one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. It's not the surprisingly easy truth. As you listen to Jake and Alex, you hear their story uh, because they initially had lacked a framework and they didn't have this actually facilitated for them. Uh, Some of this was challenging at the beginning. Think about it. Who's there riding shotgun with you to sit down and counsel you so that you can have the deep conversations that maybe you've been avoiding? What's interesting is is I've observed going through this myself and just watching hundreds of other people go through it now is where we unnecessarily make things scary. Sometimes we make things bigger than they really need to be. And if the conversation is the relationship, how do we just have a simple model for getting insight into how we help the people in our world get what they want? Which that's the definition of success getting what you want. I love what Jake said that he got from Jay and Wendy. It's not about negotiating for whose goal is going to win. It's about understanding what the other person wants and asking, how can I help them get it? What would be possible in your life if as a ritual, once a year, you escaped your normal environment with the people that mattered most, preferably not at the bar of a Chinese restaurant, and had a series of questions that you could ask to really explore, what does this person want out of life? What do I want out of life? What would that plan look like to the point that when I say, great, I know you say it's gonna be different one day, yet what are you going to do? And instead of them saying, don't worry about it, honey, they say, easy, one, two, three. And they go about doing it. What would change in your life? How would the quality of those relationships change? One of the coolest parts about this podcast and the One Thing community we've created and being able to come together for events like the Couples Goal Setting Retreat once a year is to be able to see that what starts as a personal journey of living the one thing very quickly turns to one of empowerment, purpose, and fulfillment. Because there's no way that you can ever truly live the one thing if you aren't empowering the people that matter to you to live it as well. This is an opportunity whether you choose to do your own goal-setting retreat this year or whether you want to have it facilitated by Jay Papasan and myself. Go to theonething.com slash event to learn more about what it takes. We hope that we will get the chance to hang out with you and invest time with you in Austin. And thank you for listening to this. If there's somebody that you know needs to hear this, please, please share this with them because this is far too important of a conversation to not have. Thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode.